Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk USA on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, for those of you who are first, uh, this is your first opportunity tuning in. You can call in at 515-605-9375. If you don't want to talk, you can put your phone on mute. Or you can go over to Blog Talk Radio, look for Blog Talk USA in the search column, click on the link, whether you're driving, sitting at home, relaxing, washing dishes, or whatever the case may be, you can listen to the show live. If you choose to call in and you got a question, comment that you'd like to make, again, dial 515-605-9375. We know in the last six or seven days, America has been engulfed with flames, flames of fire, flames of tempers roaring, flames of pain, plain and simple, flames of hurt. And then we have a person who is leaderless, who is flaming the tension of racism, bigotry, and all those other things that we experienced back in 1960. Some of the same things that our forefathers had to go through. And here we are in 2020, people are asking, are we having to deal with the same thing over and over again? Some are even questioning whether the protest is working. Some are even questioning whether the things that were done back in the civil rights era. What we're going to do tonight here at Blog Talk USA is try to talk about a lot of things. And I think that some of us have agreed that the person who is occupying the White House, is no longer relevant in the conversation. He's useless. He doesn't even know how to go out and create a relationship between those on this side of the bridge and others on the other side of the bridge. You see, a bridge is supposed to unite rather than divide. And if you look all across, not just America, but across this globe, people are out there marching and protesting saying that we have had enough. And if you look at the protests now versus those back in the civil rights era, you will see a distinct... We've also agreed that the youngsters that are out there now, they do not have the same mentality that our forefathers had. They will tell you that they are willing to die for the cause. Some may agree, some may disagree. And I'm quite sure tonight that there will be a lot of disagreement. We're going to ask that everybody try to disagree respectfully because none of us can be right and none of us can be wrong. We just have an opinion. And sometimes those opinions will supersede others' opinions. So I'm, I'm going to bring uh, a good friend from Houston, Texas. I know uh, we got callers out there from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Detroit, Michigan, uh, I believe uh, Oakland, California. 
somewhere in Dallas, Texas, and Louisville, Kentucky, because we tried to share this information abroad Facebook. We know that Mark Zuckerberg has indicated to some of the leaders today that uh, they're not going to go out and fact check uh, the president. But yet and still, when you place something that's out there, it appears that they are fact-checking that. So the question is, should you protest? Should you not use Facebook? Should you do this or should you do that? I'm going to bring a good friend, Sherwin Simple, in. Uh, Big Simple, are you out there? I'm here, Brian. How are you doing? Oh, how you doing, Simple? Uh, we've right. kind of talked a little bit uh, the last couple of weeks uh, about some of the things that's going on, coronavirus. We uh, had a, a young lady that come on and gave some very, very important information. Simp, just from where you sit and what you see, tell me some of the feedback that you're getting out there now that is either relative to the cause or it's a discourse to the cause. Just just give me a sense, and we'll bring everybody else in uh, once we go around the table. First of all, I think you hit it, Ron, uh, the first time uh there's no more master they out there stealing your watermelon. Nobody telling uh, they rather do whatever it t- takes to get this country to recognize blacks. Uh, the rioting, you see, they they going straight at the police officers. Uh, back in the days, they wouldn't burn down a police station, but now they don't care. You think about the Oklahoma City bombings that they took the banks, but they saying that we can't ride, but they can ride. Uh, so blacks like we gonna show y'all how to ride. We gonna tell y'all we done took enough. You can't keep pushing somebody to the ground and think they're not going to fight and get back up. You say you push a cat in the corner, what happened? You come out fighting. So that's what's going on right now, Byron. Everybody fighting. I don't care if you're from Texas, you over there in Louisiana, everywhere. If you look, D.C., anywhere you look right now, they're they rising up and saying we took enough. Right now, we all now we outnumber the police department, so they are scared. Uh, we shouldn't be killing cops and stuff, though, uh, that's not good. What's going on in Dallas? That's that's an ambush. That's not good. But it's a better way to do it. Uh, Matt Turner was on it today in Houston. I don't know if you look. He was on it saying he in it to win it, try to help out. Even the police chief trying to help. But right now we need to get to uh, some callers and get to Ron and see how everybody's thinking. Because right now, the, uh, what the old people done, it didn't work. It didn't work, Brian. I'm sorry. What Martin Luther mm-hmm. King did, it didn't work. What Malcolm X did, it didn't work. I guess these young guys got something to try, and it's going to work. It looks like it's working. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's working. Uh, Shep, I just got a message, uh, Ron. Uh, you can verify this by either text. Uh, I got some people that's messaging me saying that uh, the lines are busy. Now, remember, I put out there, I believe that there are 250 lines. So if the lines are busy, that Absolutely. means that the lines are full of uh, people that's out there that's willing to listen. Uh, we're going to try to make a conscious effort. Uh, we don't want to get off of, uh, you know, because uh, everybody's in different states. Uh, so we, we, we're gonna, we're, you're going to hear a little talking over, but we'll try to uh, maneuver everything back in it because the goal is to try uh, to make a difference. Simp, I think you, uh, you know, brought up an excellent point. Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily know if what Malcolm and Martin uh, did, did or didn't work, but what I can tell you is that in the 21st century, uh, those guys have a different philosophy based on uh, their experiences in life. And I think their experiences in life uh, is basically going to be conducted based on what they feel 
uh, is or is not best. I think yesterday, Simp, also, that uh, you asked the question, where are uh, the ministers? Uh, and that question was not asked uh, out of disrespect. It was asked uh, to get clarity because we know back in the civil rights era, uh, the ministers, uh, which King was one, uh, you know, they played an integral role. The church played an integral role, and uh, we had a discussion on that, and I think it got uh, maybe a little twisted because uh, if you're caught up in your emotions, you can never reach a conclusion that's going to be beneficial. You have to remove your emotions and deal with what the reality is. And the question again was, where are the ministers? Uh, some are doing, some are not doing. So I think what you were asking is if the shoe fits, then you wear it. But if the shoe does not fit, then you may have to ask yourself, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, where are you in your community? Because Sunday we know that you're there because the church is in the community. So Simp, I also uh, read uh, somewhere that uh, George Bush just came out and uh, made a statement that uh, we pretty much need to uh, run. I think it was sent to you, uh, former President Bush, uh, calls on America to examine our tragic failures and listen to the grieving black Americans in a statement. Now, whether you liked him or not, but that's a sign of leadership because he's dealing directly with the cause. Uh, again, me personally, uh, I don't want to spend any time on the person that's occupying office. Now, if anybody else chooses to, that's fine, and we'll, we'll deal with that. Ron, what, what, what I'm going to do now is just do it uh, a little simple. Because I think we want to hear from those uh, that are out there I would love to hear from uh, any young person uh, The age of uh, 18 uh, to 40 Somewhere up in that uh, age range 18 to 30 uh, To get their perspective Uh, Ron, if we got anybody that's out there Here's how it works All you have to do is press 1 When you press 1 The switch line is going to show a hand raised And once that hand is raised We're going to identify the last four digits of your number and then when we open your line, you can speak. So once again, you're listening to Blog Talk uh, USA on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking about current events going on here uh, across uh, America and across uh, the globe. Uh, so, Ron, we got anybody that's out there who would like to chime in and give their perspective on what they'd like to see uh, happen, uh, where do they think things are going wrong, or whatever the case may be. Any callers out there? Yeah, I think we got Mike D on the line, 2375. Mike, if you want to come in now and just express yourself, come on in, man. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing this evening? Hey, All right, doing? what's going on, Mike D? Uh, <laughs> I was pretty persistent about about this topic and not uh, really speaking. But I'm here in Atlanta, so... Just like Houston, I see some of the same things that that's going on everywhere else. Um, we're not gonna. I'm I'm with you, Baron. I'm not gonna talk about the resident 45, as my brother has taught me to call him, because there's nothing but hatred that I see or hear spewing from his Correct. mouth. Now, has 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 some things been good? Yeah, some things, but. It, those good things don't outweigh the bad things. And although I don't agree with tearing up people's stuff, I don't agree with burning down buildings. But, you know, Friday night, I sat at the table, my wife, kids, 
my sister-in-law was over, mother-in-law, father-in-law. And as I watched right here in Atlanta, I mean, where I, I drive by several times a day, sometimes throughout the month. I work in one of the largest counties in the state. And I see these two black kids get snatched out of a car for nothing. And I see my two boys who are now 15 and 13. And I'm saying I would say this because my oldest is 15, obviously. Last time some of you saw Mike call. This kid is 6'1", 260 pounds. And he's definitely a threat to any grown man that he stands next to unless you're bigger than him. And he's sitting in the car, and I, and I, all I could see was my child sitting in the car not doing anything. And gets pulled out, gets tased. Now, you can take it however you want, but I guarantee you, my body, that that had been my children. It had been six dead officers close to it. Point blank period. No, I don't believe in killing police. And I'll go on record and say it. Not all police are bad. But when you blatantly hurt a child for nothing, I don't care what you wear, where you go, you got to answer to me. No, I'm not my grandmother and I'm not my grandfather. And it's different times. But it's something that they always told me, that you protect old folks and children. Why? Because when you get old, you hope that those children will take care of you. And then as you're old, you'll be able to spill the knowledge to them. Unfortunately, we did not have Martin Luther King to spill some knowledge on some of us in the flesh, breathing. Nor did Malcolm X. But the two of them both had something that stands out very, very evident in this time. Peacefully make your statement. But by every means necessary, do you not stand there, but you defend yourself? My brother is actually protesting in Austin against my wishes. I understand it. I get it. I believe it. But here's the problem. I can't protect him. I can't watch his back. So as a community, here's where we change all that. We have to start protecting and watching our brother's back. Mm-hmm. Because the only way that this is going to come to a head is we're going to have to continue to tear up stuff, knock things over, make people listen to you. They might not want to hear it, but it cuts deep when it comes out. Nobody likes it, and a lot of people can't handle it. And the truth about America right now is coming out. And the people can't handle it. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth that we've lived all our lives. And I tell anybody, until you walk a mile in my shoes, until you've been dragged out of your car and pistols drawn and pointed at your head, and all you did was leave your girlfriend's house, and you just got paid on your little job, you had $400 in your pocket, $500 in your pocket, a couple of prophylactics, you're a dope dealer. 
Mm-hmm. They done nothing. That has been going Mike, on for years. Mike, can I ask a Some question? Yeah. Do you believe they're going to try to arrest the other officer, or you think you're going to have to keep acting to get them arrested? Well, if anybody's listening to the DA or whatever you want to call this, uh, for lack of anything safer to say, this guy, he's made it sound as if there was no way you could prove that Bill we killed George Floyd. He's publicly stated it. He said it. And in the words of my father-in-law, that joke is crazy. It's enough video evidence. So if they don't feel like they have enough evidence to get a conviction for the guy, the dummy, there's no way in the world that we're going to get enough evidence to convict the other four officers that just stood there and watched Now, had he been in a different place? Maybe so. Because here in Atlanta, they've charged six officers for the pulling and tasing and gun pointing of Mr. Young and Miss Pilgrim. Two Morehouse students out of the car for no reason. And what disturbed me more than anything else about that, it was five black officers and one white. I have some very good friends in the city of Houston that are officers, and I just I, I just can't see them doing that. And I've seen how they've handled people. I've seen how they handle people that trail rides. I've watched one officer give a kid a break. He had a gun. I took him to jail. Didn't ruin his life. So you mean to tell me these kids in a car ain't bothering nobody? But that's, that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Do I think that they should be arrested? And punished to the full extent of the law? Absolutely. Do I think it'll happen? Honestly? Not until you burn the place down. The sad part about that is you burn down the police station, you tear up this, you tear up that. When you really need some help, you ain't going to get it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should start, and I told a friend of mine this the other day. I said, man, what we need to do is we need to go back to finding a way to build our own communities again. What mm-hmm. sickens me about some of these NFL players and Oprah Renfrew with all this dang old money, they won't come and buy and say, look, we need to start black. Because if we start going back and buying our own, they can't touch us unless they do what? Come and attack. We got some of the best officers money can buy. We have gun trainers. We have SWAT. We got all that. Let's hire our boys our black men to be our security. Let's put up our gates just like they do in their neighborhoods. I don't have a problem with white people at all. I don't. Some of my good friends are. Then you have to draw a line in the sand for those who don't look like them and feed, feed into the BS. Mm-hmm. You think that they're the top. If we put up our own banks like we used to have, if we put up our own markets, we put up our own neighborhoods. Then we can say, you know what? We don't need your money. Now we're self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. See, Michael Jordan makes money off of us hand over fist. 
And for him to make a statement the other day to me was a slap in the face. Because some of the murder and crime that's going on in this country right now is because of the tennis shoes that you sold yourself to to sell and make money mm. off of. That money that you make and put it back into us, I can overlook what you did because your soul belongs to whoever yes between you and God. Mm. I don't dislike him. But you think about it. How many how many billions of dollars is Oprah Ripley worth? I don't have nothing against Africa, but she spent more money over there. And then she come over and she give cars away. That don't impress me. What are you doing to build in America where it's supposed to be the greatest country in this world? Matter of fact, I ain't heard nothing out of her this whole entire last four days. I ain't seen Al Sharpton say much of nothing. Come on, Mike. Come on. I have seen Jesse Jackson say nothing, but I've seen pictures of him and Donald Trump together. Hmm. Back in the hmm. day hmm. You ask where the <laughs> preachers are Those preachers are dead and in their grave Or on their last way Or on their way there Those preachers that used to lead and talk and guide us They're no longer hmm. living Those of us who know hmm. what it is And a lot of times I'm going to tell you It's a fear of speaking up Because of what we'll lose That we work so hard to gain Because once you start fighting you stand a chance of losing everything. They'll take it. It's 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 one of those things where if I say the wrong thing, I'm forced to put my child in another school type stuff. If you say any more, it's the fear that they put because why? White America owns everything pretty much that we need. We have nowhere to put them. I saw a comment the other day about you really want to do a silent protest or be be a, a, a nonviolent protest, send your kid to a HBCU instead of a D1 school. I get it. But the HBCU schools don't have the money to support those major athletes. Now, now you're talking. I, I had this debate with my brother just yesterday. Okay, Joseph, look. I get it, HBCU. I love the sentiment. Gremlin State is my favorite. Homer Eddie Robinson, Doug Williams, one of the first black quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't have a problem sending my child there. I didn't have a problem going to Jackson State in Mississippi. But let me tell you something. Stay in BFE. These are horrible. You know, they do the best they can with what they got. And there's no real funding for HBCUs like it is for your do you want your your Ivy I, I call them Ivy League or your top like say, take a Clemson for instance or LSU there's no real funding to get those schools because they're not public private schools they're not HBC they just don't care Clemson University gets about 35 scholarships a year how many do you think the HBCUs get? And here's the catch on it. The HBCU is the Division One. Yes, it is. It's governed by the NCAA. Yes, it is. Problem is, Clemson University is a college football playoff school division. Marshall, those schools are college championship. Big difference in money. Clemson's going to be on TV every Saturday. Gremlin. You luck if you catch them on one of the back stations. Hmm. 
if those and I'm saying that to get to, to try to get people to understand. Okay, Jordan, you went to University of North Carolina, but there's North Carolina A and T right down the street. Let's build this program up so they can get scholarships, so you can get your Michael Strahan's, who is from TSU, in the game. There should not have to be a supplemental draft for our black colleges because the white colleges or your your predominantly white colleges get all of that first. All those kids get picked first because of they're the better athletes. Okay, where's this money going? Because I promise you, I'd rather buy from somebody that looked like me than don't look like me. I'd rather go... Ron, did we lose Mike D? Hey, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, did we lose Mike? No, I don't think we lost Mike. I think that his telephone is breaking up because I, I hear every other word now? coming out of his mouth. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just got a, a comment. Uh, that the family uh, attorney Benjamin Crump said that they believe that there would be charges for the other three officers before George Floyd is uh, laid to rest. But see, uh, d- don't get happy because there are charges. See, uh, most of the time, uh, people know that uh, you're going to scream and holler for uh, two or three days, and then you're going to let it slide. You're going to let it slide. Then you're going to go back. You, you got to keep your foot on the gas. And I think what, what, what Mike was saying was that uh, we tried it this way, it didn't work, but we know a way that it did work, okay? And uh, when, when you had uh, certain things going on in your neighborhood, when you had old Negro schools, you, you had people going to be doctors. You had people going to be lawyers. You had people going to be everything because those teachers invested their time in these kids. Okay, so nobody's talking about uh, segregating or, or disliking or hate because, see, if, if black people really hated, they had the prime opportunity to kill everybody on the planet back when they was cooking in the kitchen, when they was cooking in the home, when they was babysitting. So all of that stuff, it does not hold water to the fact that uh, there's a lot of hate going on. Uh, people are angry. People are upset. And you got to remember that anger creates blindness. And when you're blind, you'll do anything. So people are asking, well, why are they burning this down? Why are they burn? But but you won't ask what what led them to do what they're doing. Okay, we deal with the effect, but not the cause. And, and you got to be able to deal with. It. Yes, sir. Hey, can we get Ron to, to mute that uh that uh caller? That background, Ron, background yes. noise. Okay, uh, what I'm gonna do now is uh. We're looking at about 7.57 p.m. Central Standard Time. You're listening to Blog Talk USA on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking about current events. Uh, callers, if you're out there and you want to talk, you got a comment you'd like to make, all you got to do is press 1. When you press 1, your, uh, the switchboard is going to show your hand raised. And if you want to say something, uh, we'll call out the last four digits of your number. You don't have to identify who you are or whatever the case may be. Let's try to have a a, a, a very good sort uh, of conversation because we want to try to make progress. We don't want to burn down something and get no results. And I mean that by the conversation. We want to be constructive. We want to be forward thinking. We want to put out some goals and ideas. We want to look at realistic things that can happen. The only thing that I that I as an American is asking for, I'm not asking for justice. 
I'm asking for equality because with equality comes justice. I want to be treated the same way that the rich man is treated. I want my kids to be treated the same way, given the same type of privileges that are given all across the board. Right is right, wrong is wrong. If Sherilyn Semple is a police officer and he go out there and put his knee on another individual that looks totally opposite of me, I want Sherilyn Semple charged. So it's not about me choosing uh, black versus white. White, I'm choosing right versus wrong. Well, we got a caller that's out there who would like to uh, engage in a conversation. You may press one, and uh, we'll bring you in. Yeah, Byron. As a matter of fact, we have two callers out there that want to engage. Um, the last four is two three seven five, and I'm unlocking your line right now. Two three seven five. Two three seven five. Uh, you may speak now. Two three seven. Hey, hey, Ron, that's that's me again. I got got. Uh, okay. Got, uh, well, we got five no six, five six seven zero. Oh. Five six seven zero. Oh. Call the last four digits. Five six seven zero. Oh. You may speak now. Hey, Baron, what's up? It's Dustin. Hey, how you doing, uh, Dustin? How you doing? Thanks for calling I'm in. Hanging in. G- give us some feedback, Dustin. Uh, Dustin. Uh, is a, is a is a, a Caucasian uh, individual. Uh, he understands the struggle. Uh, he's about right. He's about forward thinking. So, Dustin, from your perspective, uh, talk to us about uh, some of the things that you've seen. Uh, what is it that you can offer uh, to add to the conversation relative to uh, uniting uh, what's going on? Because I think that one side does not understand the other, and the other side has no. A real philosophy and trying to sit down at the table and listen and walk away and learning something and try to go out and uh, do whatever it is that we need to do. So come on in, Dustin. Well, um, I think I'd start on that problem with the simple fact that for a lot of people, there's a lot of indoctrination going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like bad faith often doesn't even enter into it. For a lot of white people, being apolitical, being apathetic, that's them trying to be good because, you know, they're taught that it's bad manners to even discuss those things. And they're wrong. So, so, Dustin, let, let, me, let me ask you this because I, I think I heard uh, you say that they're being taught, and we know that being taught uh, can equal uh, equate to uh, a certain type of indoctrination that prevents you from really moving forward. So th- do you think the, uh, so, so if that's the case, uh, how do we uh, be able to sit down and not talk with Dustin, but I'm going to use your name as an example, talk to a Dustin to try to have an open and honest discussion where there's no anger uh, in the conversation because that hadn't worked. There's a lot of understanding. There's a lot of open-mindedness and there's a lot of suspended uh, what you think is reality and listen to what somebody else's reality is. How can we uh, move toward that, Dustin? Well, uh, one of the easiest ways in my experience is to relate it to something that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. And I know that that tends to be a bit harder than you'd think, but generally people respond once they, once they understand that the other person across the table is human mm-hmm. and it's harder than it sounds because everybody everybody wants to think of other people as just bystanders or extras in the movie of their life, and they're not. Right. They all have complex and intricate stories, and getting them to see that, that's the hell of it. But it can be done. 
And I think the first step is to find common ground in terms not of not of triumphs and glories, but of tragedies and pain. Like what we've both suffered brings us together. Dustin, uh, interject right here. Uh, just off the surface, if you can, uh, you're you're uh, from one descent. I'm from another. Uh, what would be a, a common ground? That, uh, of course, you and I can talk about anything because we have. Uh, what is it that uh, you can suggest? What, what would be a common ground right now, based on the climate that we're living in, uh, that can bring us to the table in more of an orderly fashion rather than uh, a disorderly fashion, rather than me seeing uh, a white person across the table and uh, they're seeing a black person across the table? One is angry, the other is apathetic. Because we, we need to move this ball further down the field because we're still stuck on the zero to five-yard line, and we should be almost making a touchdown. It, it's, it's been 400 years if you go all the way back. Then you look at the 60s, uh, and, and then fast forward into 2020. What would be a common ground uh, that you could offer that we might could start, not tonight, but just as a platform to move from here? I think the thing that everybody can work from is vulnerability and fear. Like, we're all afraid. And, you know, when you get past the apathy, there's usually some fear of being displaced or being abused in like terms. When you get past the anger, it's because they're, you know, afraid for their friends and family. You know, I mean, it's it's everybody's working from fear. And when we all admit that, there's less to be afraid of mm-hmm. in my mind. So, so you and I know think, that's that's a bit of an oversimplification to be polite, well, but, well, but, but that's but, a start. But, it, but, it, but, but it's a start, Dustin. It, it's something that you uh, can offer. And you, you're right. Uh, the fear is that uh, when you and I sit down at the table, hypothetically, that uh, I'm there to take from you and you're there to prevent me from taking when there's enough room for all of us to go up the ladder uh, based on our own. It's a big cable. It's a big ladder. I mean, exactly. Uh, So, uh, so, so let, let's look at uh, fear. Uh, We know that uh, a lot of, a lot of kids are uh, basically, uh, they're not even, uh, I I, I don't want to say angry, uh, I think they have some burning desire uh, within themselves, and they don't really know how to get it out. So let, let's take a young uh, African-American uh, male who may wear dreads, who may wear his pants down, who may have tattoos, who may be the valedictorian of the classroom. How can that image uh, be displayed to where that kid is accepted based on their mentality, based on their ability uh, to solve uh, and, and network rather than them being looked upon as face value. Okay, here it is. We've got another angry kid who's coming from uh, whatever area uh, that a person want to put them in, which they don't even have a chance to start out. Because, see, Dustin, I, I like to get to the core of the matter. Uh, I want everybody to have the opportunity. And then if they don't have the opportunity, they should demand that opportunity. And when, when the demand comes in, it takes somebody like a Dustin, somebody say, okay, uh, give this kid a chance. You don't know anything about him, but you're judging him. You don't have the slightest idea why this kid may be doing what he's doing. You don't know what his home life is like. You don't know what his experience is like. You're judging him based off of what you think. And here it is again, Dustin. We know that uh, when, when black people, 
are basically judged. They're judged in a category. Everybody's the same. But we, we don't look at everybody else. I, I have some of the best friends that don't look nothing like me, and, and they'll go to hell or high water for me. But, see, I tell them this. If you can't go to hell or high water for somebody else that look like me, then you going to hell or high water for me, it serves no purpose for me because I don't roll based off of individuality. I want everybody to succeed. And success for me may be totally different than somebody else. So you think uh, if we look at fear, uh, and we'll, we'll try to jot this stuff down, uh, if you look at fear itself, you, you think that might be one uh, place where we can kind of start to move the ball uh, a little bit further toward the opposite direction rather than going backwards. Because if, if you look at it, Dustin, uh, right now, we, we've, we've been set back uh, uh, at least from the 60s eras because everything, the only thing that's missing on television last night was the German Shepherd dogs biting the people. The water holds the spring. Those are the only two and things they were that threatened. I saw. Exactly. So uh, uh, give, me, give me a little bit more feedback, Dustin, then we'll, we'll bring it back in. But I want to get as many callers as I can out there to uh, give me some, uh, some positions as to what can be taken from both sides, not one side, but both sides. Give me a little bit more, Dustin, then we'll, we'll open another line. Well, when we, when we address the fear of, of white America, as I understand it, the most important thing to do is to recognize that a lot of what we're told to be afraid of as white Americans isn't real or isn't relevant. Like mm-hmm. the things that the things that Jeff Bezos and and Mark Zuckerberg are afraid of have absolutely nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And they never will, and that's fine. It's just you know, if they're setting the agenda for what everybody's being taught, and I'm not saying they are. That's it's really beside the point. If a small group of people is deciding who's who gets taught what and at and in what tone and who, what they should be afraid of, that creates problems down the line. Mm-hmm. When, when, you have, when you have education being bottlenecked mm-hmm. and being used as a bludgeon as opposed to being used open doors and to bring people together, because we, mm-hmm. all, have, we all have a wonderful, a wonderful element to get past all of this. Uh, as Galileo put it, you know, the same God who endowed us with reason and intellect didn't intend us to forego their use. Mm-hmm. And it's wow. entirely possible in my mind to start from scratch in a lot of mm-hmm. ways with education, you know, and, and mm-hmm. get people to the table and get them talking and get them to understand that, you know, we're all here and we're all, you know, we're all mortal, we're all going to die someday, and we're all afraid of losing what we have, and we're all afraid of being put down and being abused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once once we establish that mutual vulnerability and acknowledge it, we're a step closer to equality. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Everybody correct. has about 100 years to live. Hey, hey Dustin, uh, appreciate you having the courage uh, to talk to me open and honestly uh, about what you think based on where you sit and what you see. Uh, I've always enjoyed uh, your interaction with uh, the Facebook comments. You've always been fair across the board. Uh, I don't think uh, you being fair to me uh, makes you weak. As a matter of fact, I think it makes you a strong, uh, a, a God-fearing individual. I think you're really sincere. Uh, I think that if if we can all sit down at the table 
and try uh, to let others see that uh, we don't have to be afraid of each other because we all are going to go uh, somewhere up the ladder. We're going to make it to a certain step. Uh, the goal is to push uh, somebody as further than us that, uh, based on where we've gone. Uh, big Simp, uh, you got anything you'd like to add to what Dustin said? Uh, otherwise, we'll open up the line because I, I think uh, he's touched uh, what we talked about, which is the fear aspect. And uh, at some point, we'll talk about why that fear uh, exists and what it is that we can do to try uh, to move those layers over. Uh, Sharon, you got anything? No, I just wanted to tell him thank you for coming on, but we need to listen to other callers. That's what we're there for. I'm good. I know what I'm thinking, but I'm, mm-hmm. I want other callers. I want to hear from other callers. Okay. okay. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Ron, we got any other hands raised out there, uh, uh, Warren's Press, because uh, we want to bring in as many calls. Again, there are 250 lines that are open out there. And uh, from Ron's communication to me, uh, those lines are lit up. Uh, we appreciate you calling in and listening. If there's something that you agree or disagree on, uh, politely step in because uh, we want them to be open-minded, uh, but we're not going to sugarcoat anything. And I'll tell you this, uh, if, if some BS come on, uh, we will challenge that uh, because that's our job to do that because BS has gotten us to where we're at now, which is a reincarnation of what happened back uh, 40, 50 years ago. Run, we got any callers out there that have pressed one with hands raised? Uh, Ron, uh, I know that you're doing a lot in the backdrop. Uh, you've already informed me that. Uh, Simp, uh, let, let's let's look at it to Ron. Yeah, to I'm here. I'm here. I just okay. want to say so we, we got, got a lot of callers call calling in, and maybe we need to make the announcement by pressing one again. And I do apologize okay. for my noise in the background. I can't talk like I want to talk to this evening because I'm on another duty. But um, anyway. I agree with everything that's been said so far, Byron. It's good to hear from people that's Right. We appreciate you uh, allowing Blog Talk USA uh, to be a format to have an open and honest discussion. Uh, Again, I've always said this, and I'll continue to say it, nobody's trying to be uh, a Michael Bazin, a Tom Joyner, a Steve Harbour, none of that, because we're not getting paid to do any of this. We are volunteering, donating our time. We've been doing this for seven to eight years, and we're going to continue to do it. Uh, uh, Appreciate Mike D. Uh, I know he's out there. We're going to bring him back in. But we want to get uh, some of these other callers who are out there because everybody uh, is frustrated. Uh, if you can remove the emotions and let's talk about some realities, I think we can move forward. Any caller that's out there, all you got to do is press 1. Uh, if you press 1, uh, we're going to see your hand raised, and we're going to open your line, and we're going to call you by the last four digits of your telephone number, and we'll bring in any callers out there who have pressed 1. Okay, uh, I hear some silence. Uh, I appreciate everybody uh, out there listening. So, let, let, let's let's look at uh, some other things. Uh, we know that uh, you've indicated that uh, some of the old uh, people uh, that are uh, you know that have been out there uh, in the struggle. Uh, I think there's a disconnect between the young generation and the old generation, and we've identified that uh, the '60s era uh, don't really understand uh, the millennials era. And the millennials era don't really understand the 60s era. Why? Because there was a breakdown in communication. There were some people uh, who became comfortable in doing the things uh, that they were doing, and they failed to have an honest and open discussion with their kids. They, they failed to tell them uh, what the struggle was like. They failed to tell them what it felt like to be on one end of the bus while everybody else was up somewhere else. They failed to tell them about uh, drinking out of this water faucet uh, versus other water faucets. And, again, the, the goal is to try to move the ball further down the field because we're not trying uh, to divide. We're trying to unite. 
uh, simp. Uh, you have a large audience. That's out Byron. There. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you get through with simp, you got five, you got five, five three, seven, seven, the last four. Okay, five, three, seven, seven. Uh, your line is going to be open as soon as I get finished. Uh, you can come in five, three, seven, seven. Come right on in. All right, uh, this is Greg Johnson out of Houston, Texas, and uh, thanks for first, I just want to. I don't know. Thanks for having this set up, and uh, you know, for me, this is not new obviously to us as African-American men, you know, it's just that um, everybody gets to see it and some people can make it personal. Some people can't. Um, and I apologize. I was helping my mom with something earlier, but um, has the question been asked where this fear comes from or what, like, why are people quote unquote afraid of us? Like, what is that? What's the source of that threat? Other than what's being taught to them. I think I think Dustin uh, he hit on it, Greg. That uh, based on the indoctrination uh, from the inception uh, or the creation, uh, you know, of the founding uh, documents when uh, 1619, when you know people were brought over here, uh, you know, they were called savages, beasts, or whatever the case may be. They were called everything other than human. And as we go forward. Uh, we know that good people uh, teach their kid to be good. Bad people continue to teach their kid to be bad. So those generations, it kept going forward, kept going forward, kept going forward, which is my belief. And that, that thought process, it still exists today. And uh, let me ask you this, Greg. Uh, it's relative to somebody thinking uh, that uh, they should be afraid of you. Tell, tell, for the audience, tell them why you think that uh, or you would like to dispel the fact that why they should be afraid of you because from listening to you, I don't see nothing we should be afraid of. So talk to us about that, why you feel that they shouldn't be afraid of. Uh, well, because we want the same thing that they want. Um, I, you know, I've been told that there's a misconception out there that we want to be, quote, unquote, the superior race. and. Right. I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's about that. I think we're confident in ourselves because of all the things that we've overcome and continue to overcome even as this conversation takes place. Right. But, you know, we just want the same opportunities that everybody else has. And I don't understand mm-hmm. what the problem with that is. I mean, what where's the where where does the intimidation come in? You know, yes, we may quote unquote have a I guess I guess there's a stigma or a stereotype that we're going to be faster and stronger and more aggressive and all that. But, you know, again, it's just all about, you know, how the narrative is being shifted. Right. So right. you and I, may, you and I may be God fearing men, but all it takes is one who may also be God fearing. But, you know, I, I heard somebody talk about earlier the upbringing, um, you know, when you're constantly being oppressed and you're constantly being backed into a corner, you're constantly being denied opportunities that, you feel as a human being and as a God-fearing man that you should be afforded um, just mm-hmm. because of being human, not because, you know, you're a dark-skinned African-American or light-skinned, fair-skinned, whatever, you know, however you want to put it. I, that that's I, I don't even really know. I, honestly, it doesn't make sense to me because right. I don't fear anybody but God personally. And it's not right. because I'm an African-American man. It's because I'm a God-fearing man. So I think if we can get it in people's minds to remove that, to, to stop categorizing people based on skin color or, you know, background or where you grew up or how you grew up and just look at each other as people, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a man or as a woman instead of a African-American man or European-American man or, you know, a 
because Mexican American man, I think all these labels is part of the problem, you know. So <laughs> and then, and then also, also we don't really, you don't really see how people come up. So all you have to go off of is what people tell you. And if your parents are telling you that, oh, well, watch out for those, you know, and you can fill in the blanks because they do this, that, and the third, all they do is steal, kill, and, and, and whatever. And, it, and until you see different, a lot of people will think that that's the reality because that's what right. mama told me, that's what big mama told me, that's what daddy told me, whoever. So, right. But I, I do also believe that there is a sense of responsibility for us to kind of show them that, we're not just savages. We're not out here just doing the things that we do. But that's that's probably a whole other conversation. Well, so. well, well, Greg, well, Greg, I, I think uh, you're doing that tonight because, uh, and I'm gonna let you do it in your own way. Uh, it's my understanding that uh, you just uh, obtained your degree. T- t- tell us uh, what you obtained your degree in, and uh, how you are going to choose to move forward with that degree relative to helping. Uh, to continue to bridge uh, this gap that's out there, whether, whether that's uh, uh, trying to get somebody to understand that because you went to college, because you got a degree, you're not trying to take from somebody on the other side of town. What you're trying to do is better your life so you can better for your kids. So tell us a little bit about uh, your degree, Greg, and what you plan on doing with it. Oh, man, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Uh, and, and I'll say this. I actually have – so the, the degree was more of a – I did that for my grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's just a general studies degree. Um, you know, it's nothing specific. But hey, hey great, great, great. Uh, hey, hold on, hold on, it, it, hold on. It, it's not just a, a general studies degree because you put time, sweat, and tears uh, into that. Uh, that general studies degree can take you to law school. It can take you anywhere else, you, you, even though you may not have had your mind made up. So I, I don't. I, I have a career. I don't want you to shortchange yourself. Not that you are, but but I'm proud mm-hmm. to know that you got a general studies degree, uh, you didn't just stop at uh, the first step. You took it to the second right. step because you can go out and get your master's. You can go out and get your plus 30. You can go out and get your doctorate or whatever the case may be. So I like to applaud you, and, and I don't see you as a threat to me because my job now for Greg is this. If, if I make it to step number five, my job is to make sure that you go further than me if that's your capability. So I don't see right. you as a threat. I see you as a benefit to the community because I'm almost certain you're younger than I am. You're probably in your thirties or forties. Okay. So you, you, you are one of these people that uh, we wanted to hear from because like you said, when you get in the elevator and somebody pull a purse to the side, I know you wonder, well, why are you pulling your purse to the side when I'm not even paying attention to your purse? I want to speak to you. I want you to acknowledge me as a human. So uh, we, we, we applaud you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate that, and it's uh, it, it's been tough because, you know, again, this is not new for you know for us as African American men, but I have, um, by profession, I've been an IT professional since two thousand and nine, and uh, to answer to answer your original question, uh, the next step is to actually get a cybersecurity degree, and. Mm-hmm. I have worked at MD Anderson. I've supported radiologists. I've supported radiologists at a private uh, radiology practice. And I've also supported, just um, as recently as last year, supported the Harris County Sheriff's Office. So when people call 911, ironically enough, you know, it's only law enforcement that they deal with, or that particular uh, call center that I worked, that I supported, dealt with. 
I'm supporting the same people who we're seeing take people's lives that look just like me. So it was a conflict because here I am doing a job, doing something that I love. I feel like is I feel like I'm serving the people by making sure that when they call 911, from the time that 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 phone call hits the 911 interface or infrastructure rather, and crosses over to Harris County, it's my responsibility from that point. Amen. So to know that to to know that I'm actually or I was actually I'm not there anymore, but to know that I was actually responsible for maybe a woman, you know, dealing with domestic violence or a man, you know, dealing with whatever it is. It, it didn't really mm-hmm. matter to me. I looked at it as this is an important service. It's something that people need to have. So I took, I took great pride and responsibility in doing that. But, okay. at, the, but at, the end of the, at the end of it all, no matter how great of a job I did, no matter how eloquently I spoke or, you know, how well I articulated or it, none, none of that mattered. At the end of the day, they looked at me as a black man. Right. And that okay. is that is like the most frustrating thing because, again, I don't want. Real quickly, we had a conversation in the team meeting, and we went around the table like, who do you like on the team the most, or who's the most important person on the team? This and the third. So nobody said my name. No big deal. And the next question was, you know, about management and stuff like, well, who who do you think will be most likely to be promoted? Now, mind you, there's me and a Hispanic guy who are the only senior administrators on the team. Um, the manager, you know, is European-American, and three other people are, and then there's another Hispanic person. So nobody said my name. They Everybody said the other person. Now, mind you, this other guy, he can't do his job without me. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I can't do my job without him either, we had that understanding, but the rest of the team didn't have an understanding. And there was always conversations about, yeah, and it was, and it was always conversations about money, you know, oh man, I'm applying for this job and it pays this. And, oh man, yeah, I know you make about that much. And, you know, well, where did you learn all this? Where did you go to school? And it's like, why does it matter? Like okay. I'm here, I'm hey, doing hey, the job. Hey, Greg, hate, 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 to, hate to interject uh, no, right no. now. We'll, we'll bring you back in. Uh, yeah, because let, let me, let me just tell everybody I'm getting, uh, text messages. Uh, I'm getting Facebook notifications. I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, quarterback uh, this thing down the field. So if, if I interject, uh, it, it's not because we're trying to be rude or disrespectful, but uh, our goal tonight was was to get as many people that wanted to talk yeah. uh, to a lot of the talk. We, we got a call out there, uh, 2606, the last four digits of your number. Uh, we're going to open your line, and we're going to let you come in. Caller, uh, 2606. Come on in. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Go ahead. Okay, so I want to go back to the uh, statement that the first caller made. I believe his name was Mike, in regards uh-huh. to what can we do better as as a black community to uh, make things, you know, to start back building our black communities like we did back in the days. First, uh-huh. we we have to understand that we as a black culture we have to we have to stick together. If if we go and try to build this here subdivisions or, or anything that's grocery stores, black owned or whatnot, we, we look at the simple fact of, okay, we can't let this person outdo us, so I'm not going to shop at his location because we, we feel some type of jealousy. We as black people, we have to get that out of our heart and, and support one another because 
if, if you support that person, once that person makes it to the top, then that person will come back and say, let me bring this next brother up and bring him to the top. You know, mm-hmm. and I look at that in the construction world today. I mean, I'm a, I'm a senior safety manager at, at one of the construction sites, and, and my goal is to bring on my black brothers to encourage them to, to get into this craft and promote them, but also need them to have that drive. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to continue to pro- promote anyone that doesn't have the drive because what it's going to do is going it's going to make our culture look bad, you know, and we, mm-hmm. we don't want that. We have a lot of, if, if we would just stick together, we can, we can take over a lot of things out of like, like Mike stated, but the only thing that's stopping us back is ourselves. Okay. Good. And excellent point. Excellent point. And, and we, when we look at, you know, the the killings that's that's happened, you know, with the George Floyd. But just within that that week, we also have to look into our culture as well, and we have to stop the black on black crime because we not only did we lose two brothers, we lost one to death, and we lost one to the system. Mm-hmm. So we we need to take a stand not only for when it's something like this, but we need to take a stand for when it when it's also black on black crime. You know, right. we, we uh, rarely hear anything about that. Right, Greg, ex- excellent point. Uh, what what I would like uh, for us to do, because there's an indoctrination on the uh, American Negro side. Uh, when whites kill mm-hmm. white, it's not white on white. When Mexican kills Mexican, it's not Mexican on Mex- Mexican, uh, you know, crime. Uh, black on black, uh, th- those are black people uh, killing black. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, that narrative has been there uh, to create this negative sense uh, because people of all kinds are, are killing, and, I, and I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but if, if we can kind of uh, broaden that and uh, look a little bit outside of, because when, uh, and, and killing is a killing, but uh, there's a difference yeah. between somebody being killed because of their skin color versus somebody being killed because of ignorance. But we'll get back to that. We got a call out there, five six seven zero. Last four digits, uh, call of five six seven zero. But before I bring you in, we got. Uh, when, when you call the switchboard and you try to block your number, what it's going to send us is a message that says 1111. And we're not going to acknowledge a 111 number because in the past, those have been some people uh, that were trying to infiltrate. Those were some bots that were out there. Those were some people that called us, uh, you know, monkeys or whatever the case may be. So if you're not courageous enough uh, to call and show your last four digits of your number, we're, gonna acknowledge, we're not going to acknowledge you on the line. We're gonna, you can sit there and listen because you're not going to be able to speak. Call a 5670. Come on in. Call a 5670. Byron. Huh. Byron. Yeah. You said that was Greg. That, was, that, that guy's name was Tim. You said Greg. Okay, that guy's name was Tim. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. Tim. I'm sorry. 5670. Yeah. Come in. Call a five oh, six seven zero. Is it me again? Is that five six seven zero? Uh, that is. Oh. Uh, uh, that's me. I, I I don't know if it's my number though. Okay, uh, Dustin, did, did, had you pressed one? Only the once. Okay, okay, run. Uh, we'll we'll just uh, bypass that. Uh, uh Simp, I, I, I gotta I gotta bring you in because uh, you uh have a very unique uh, situation. Uh, you know, with uh, what you do and how you're able to go out and uh, help other people, uh, not just in the community, but uh, with jobs. And, and I think there's a twofold uh, uh, question that's here. Uh, 
we have fear uh, from those from the opposite side, and then we have fear from within because some of us are afraid of our own kids. We, we won't acknowledge them. We won't talk to them. We, we have ministers who will see them walking down the street who won't say nothing to them, who won't invite them into uh, the church, or who won't even invite them into a conversation. Uh, and, again, there's a lot of whys out there. Why, 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 why? And, see, we're going to have – we got 400 years to try to chop things down. We're not going to be able to do it in one night show. We're not going to be able to do it in one week show, one month show, a one week, one year show. But what we can do is continue to be open and honest uh, with each other that uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done, a lot of work that has to be done. When, when you look at uh, these young kids, the question is, what are we teaching our kids when they get uh, caught up in a situation that allows them to come in contact with police officers? I work with them every day. I work with some very good police officers who are my best friends, okay? But the way I look at it is this. If, if there's 10 police officers there and there's one bad police officer and those other nine say, don't say anything when that bad goes on, then to me you're becoming part of that problem. Why? Because you're not meant to remain silent. You, you, you should have an obligation to go and try to correct that if you're trying to protect and if you're trying to serve. If, if I see Ron doing something wrong, if I see Simp doing something wrong, I think I'm supposed to address that. I think they're supposed to address me. Okay, we got a call out there, 9067. Uh, call a 9067. We're going to bring you in right now. Call a 9067. Come in. Hello? Yeah, come in. Yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, how you doing? Hello? How you doing? Okay. Yeah, you here? Um, say again? Go, you, you, you're live. You're on Blog Talk USA. Uh, okay. Um, I, I just wanted to say, you know, I've been listening, and um, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I, I think and, and I understand uh, the sensitivity of, 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 of making it black, but sometimes it may not be. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it may just be stupid, okay, and people mm-hmm. are stupid. I mean, for instance, I, do we really know – and I, it, it's a travesty, and the man should be charged, and he's a, a, a terrible police officer. But would, do we really know that this guy with George, George Floyd, that he did that because he was black? Or did he do that just because he's a, a dumbass cop? Because I, mm-hmm. I'll, tell you some, I'll tell you something. When I was a, a younger man, and I, I have a feeling that you and I are about the same age, uh, when I was a younger, a younger man, I, a friend of mine uh, uh, who was African-American and myself were driving, and I was driving the car, and I had a uh, um, police officer pull me over, and the guy was telling me to put my hands on the car, and I was 20-something at the time, and it's like, what do you want? You know, I was, my, my reaction to this man was not necessarily a good one. And mm-hmm. and I was like, what do you want, man? And it's like, he put, and he's got his hands on his gun. He's ready to pull his gun. I mean, this mm-hmm. is 20 years ago or so. And mm-hmm. and my, my, my black friend is saying, do what the man tells you to do. Do what he tells you to do, you know. And I'm not right. paying any attention to it. And mm-hmm. um, um, I'm thinking uh, I, I was wrong, obviously, in doing that. But, I mean, this bozo was not a very good police officer and not very, very well-trained who did this with me. And I don't know if, if that's the case with George Floyd or with, with some of these other things. And in some cases, it obviously is the fact that someone's African-American and there's a problem there. And it does stem back to many, many years ago. And, and that's unfortunate. And that needs to stop. But I mean, 
I think that I, I think that the best way going forward here is first of all, our society is way out of whack. The police Correct. departments are are way out of whack. Okay, I mean they're 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 crazy. I know that when I when I get out of a car now, I show a, a cop my hands. You know, because I don't want him shooting me. I'm afraid he'll shoot me. Okay, um, and so I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are that are really out of whack that we need to get together as a people, and we need to support each other um, uh, as a people. And I think the black community needs to get past, you know, some of the things of saying, "Is this because I'm black, or is this just because uh, someone's scared?" Because if I'm in an elevator. Uh, because of my size and so forth, uh, you can be sure that a woman's going to pull her purse and put it on the other side. And I'm a mm-hmm. white American, but but she's going to do that anyway. It's not because I'm African American. It's just because I look scary. Now I know mm-hmm. some of those some of those stereotypes are because of you know what has been passed down through the centuries. And I I, I very much sympathize with you and agree with you on those points. But I'm saying at the same point in time. If if we just educate ourselves and right. and and use the the um, the laws properly and 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 don't instigate in situations, for instance, if you're in a police situation, do what the cop tells you to do and go and talk to a judge. You know what I'm saying? Don't instigate the situation because this guy may not know what he's doing, and there's a lot of them out there who don't. Okay, right. so you know, so let let let's 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 use our head and be more educated about the way we do things, and um, uh, and let's not ascribe everything to race because since the '60s and since um, uh, things have been turned around since the uh, uh, Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X and things like that, there's been a lot of um, uh, reverse discrimination type of things that have been put into play to try to even out the playing field for everybody. And there are a lot of white Americans that are very, very upset about that. And as you've had one caller uh, on here saying uh, that, you know, uh, you know, people are using that to their advantage. There are people like the president and things like that who are, who are, who are playing the game. They're using uh, white discrimination. It's like, because I'll tell you something, the Klan doesn't even go out there anymore saying they don't like black people. They say black people are too entitled. That's their big bag now. That's not, well, it's well, not about, you know, we don't like. Let me ask this, and, and I think I, I, I agree with you uh, up until, uh, what you just said. Um, What's that? When, when you say uh, if 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 black people are let's conversate about it. If black people are entitled, uh, I don't think that they would still be trying to fight for the things that they're fighting for because it's equality still has not made the mark as to where uh, it should be. And I, I agree that uh, the stupidity. I agree that uh, race is not always the issue. But when no, no, no. I'm not saying that black. I'm not saying that black people are entitled. I'm saying that the racists okay. will will turn around okay. and say exactly. Exactly. that black people are entitled because when when the '60s happened, okay, uh, um, people tried to make everything equal, and you had a lot of people who tried to turn things around, okay, and a lot of a lot of the white people now are very very scared. 
because that has happened, and they've been complaining about that for years. You know, black people are entitled. I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that's what they say. Yeah, okay. And now they're yeah. worried because black people, or there are more black people in this world now than there are white people in this country. I mean, this country, white America, is, is starting to vanquish. You know, I mean, they're 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 uh, you know there there are more women, there are more blacks, there are more Hispanics than there are white people, and some people fear that. Okay, and I think between those two things, you have people who are willing to use that to try to make political gain on that side. So, um, uh, you know, that's a problem that's that's dividing us. And and uh, um, uh, I, I just think that we need to be aware of that and we need to be very, very smart and we need to be intelligent. I think we need to come together and help each other uh, and, and not and, and, and not fight with each other and, and leave the people behind who are going to uh, be oversensitive one way or the other. OK, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to be a person who said, you know, well, all black people. I, I mean, I, I had somebody say that to me today, actually. I went and did business somewhere today and somebody was talking about the riots and they said to me, what do these people want? Do they think we're going to go back and lynch them again? That's what this guy said to me because he's looking at me and he thinks I've got white skin. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, he, he's just an idiot. He doesn't understand. So, I mean, there's not much I can say to it, you know. But right. the point is we need to leave people like that aside. And right. we need agree, to agree, work with the people. Agree with you. I'm sorry. Go. Agree with you. Yeah, no, agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I love the point uh, that, that you're making. Uh, and I think we've we got to get back uh, to the education and some other things. And I think stupidity and all the others, because I, 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 I think we, we need to be open uh, to what, what people are saying, because we're looking for a solution. Let, let me get to uh, caller 4867. I mean, we'll bring you back in because uh, we got plenty of time. Caller 4867, uh, last four digits. Caller 4867. Come on in. Call a four eight six seven. If they don't come in, uh, Byron, let's hear from a female. If uh, if I can get uh, Devin a text with her last four, I want to hear from a female too. We heard from a lot of males. Let's hear from a female. Baron, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Go ahead. In, 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 in any females uh, that are out there who uh, have a perspective that they'd like to offer uh, in the conversation. Uh, uh, and, and see, this is, this is the bad uh, thing about it now. Uh, me personally, I, I think uh, whether I agree or disagree, uh, me, I'm, I'm looking for solutions. I'm looking for, because I don't have it all, and I don't, I don't think none of us only have it all. So uh, I'm looking for different points of views to try to put all this stuff together. Uh, if we open a line uh, for someone to talk uh, and they don't, I think I'll be charged. Okay, Byron. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I want to I apologize. That, that caller was coming in. I thought he was quiet, and when I went to push his line, it was muted. So for it, it should be there. he should be there now. Okay, call it 4867. Go ahead. Call Baby Glasses. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. This is Aaron. Oh, hey, Aaron, how you doing, man, from uh, Dallas, uh, Texas? Come on in, man. Yes, sir. I'm doing fine, man. Um, I, I have to be kind of brief, and I've been listening for quite some time. <clears throat> the last caller um, sparked a few ideas uh, that I think we have to address. I, I very much understood the point <clears throat> he was making when he mentioned, you know, the difference that maybe 
some black people or some some suggestions were made have been made in the past that there's a what I like to say you know people say there's a reverse racism that is present and the problem with that Baron is what what we're facing right now there could be a suggestion of that but if the if the suggestion doesn't lead to a person winding up dead then we shouldn't even really right now put that to the forefront you just mentioned solutions so we have to arrive at a solution that's going to stop the killing of innocent, unarmed black men and women who for some reason always seem to go out of their way to do just what the gentleman suggested, which is follow the instructions of the officer, try to, you know, try to be found, be clear, show that there's no aggression. Those things still seem to somehow lead to us being killed. So mm-hmm. At this particular point in time, <clears throat> that's really not the narrative I think that we should be putting on the table. If there's if if people want viable solutions, then you can't we can't keep going around things that are obvious. We can't keep going around communities if we want to say black communities that are poverty stricken. We can't keep going around these issues and saying things like that because at, at some point. It, it takes a person to say, and, and, a, and really, Baron, you, you, you touched on this earlier when I was listening. See, the youth have a totally different outlook on, on this, this discussion. Uh-huh. And the root of what they have in their mind is fearlessness. The, uh, I think it was Dustin that mentioned fear earlier. Mm-hmm. See, one of the solutions that's, gonna, that, that's, that's about to be visited, and a lot of people don't want to see the solution, and I'm saying a solution. See, when fearlessness meets open, you know, murder, then it tends to kind of bring that to a close because some of the mm-hmm. people who are doing this don't want a a real blowback because there hasn't been that. We're, we're seeing the beginning of it, but I'm telling you, this generation that stands behind me, they're totally fearless. They don't want to mm-hmm. hear the solutions that have been offered in the past. They don't want to hear why a person lost their life to a police officer who was unarmed, who had his knee on this gentleman's neck, they don't want to hear that there could have been a possibility that this person didn't follow an instruction because at the end of the day, Baron, he wound up dead. Mm -hmm. So we can't, you know, it's unfortunate that some people seem to think that there's ways around this other than straight ahead. You have to meet this thing head on because if, if 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 it continues to be just a discussion and we continue to die, and I, and I can almost guarantee the answer nobody's going to want to see because the answer is going to be the generation behind us is going to look right through us. They're not going to listen to our solutions, and they're going to meet it head on. So I think that's a lot I think of it's very valid. Lot, I think I think it's yes, very sir. valid. Yeah, no, I think it's very valid because, and I think it goes back <clears throat> to what we've talked about uh, in the previous years: uh, the disconnect between uh, the generations. Uh, that came before uh, and the generation now. Uh, it, it appears that there's no understanding of what uh, is and what should be and what was. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll let you continue because I know you're uh, kind of busy. I'm going to go ahead and let you finish, Aaron. Then I'm going to bring in uh, the next caller, 5866. But go ahead and finish your comment, Aaron. 5866, you'll come up next. Yes, sir. J- just to bring the, the point to a close, Baron, um, I, I had to really uh, kind of, uh, listen closely to the last caller because I think 
that is just like there are stereotypical things that, that are said about black people or said from black people. Uh, a lot of what he said, I think he, he might want to look a little bit closely closer into the situation, especially right now, because it's it's much bigger than, you know, sit, setting some people to the side, because some of the people that have to be set to the side are people making decisions that, uh, so in other words, after a person has been found guilty, where there was, the evidence was clear, you've been seen on videotape murdering a person. So if if some of the people that have to be set to the side are the people that sit on benches, or maybe over a city, whether it's a governor or a state or a city, a mayor, uh, even a police chief. See, it, it's easy to say these people need to be set aside, but it, it, it comes a little bit too late because we, we have, we're always forced in a position to react. And reacting after a person is killed, then all, now everybody's emotion is raw, which is why I said the, the solution that is about to be visited from this young generation, they're mm-hmm. not gonna they're not gonna want to listen to anybody at that point. And we're okay. telling you, this is this is a this is more than a powder keg. This right. is we're at the end of all discussions. If if people mm-hmm. don't start taking drastic measures, because this is this is this is way past the discussion phase. Unfortunately, it's way past that. So if if people don't start taking drastic measures to not discuss but to eliminate the fact that we're dying the way we are, then that will be the solution that we see. Right. Aaron, Aaron I think, I think uh, so eloquently, uh, you know, rendered, uh, you know, uh, mad respect, and I think you own to something, uh, and, and that's even a bigger question because uh, uh, people have not been listening, okay? And uh, these kids have put in their mind that if you're not going to listen, we're just going to show you. And, and I think uh, that's that's valid. Uh, I, I think uh, you know, as a parent, uh, as a leader, uh, even though they have their own way of uh, reaching that conclusion, I think we can still offer them some things uh, that they can kind of tweak and uh, that'll work for their you know their own generation uh, themselves. Aaron, if you can, I know you're busy. Hold on for just a, a moment or two. I know uh, call zero two zero zero. He dropped uh, run. I believe you got five eight six six. Uh, that's out there. Is that you, Aaron? Five eight six six. No, that you were four eight six seven. Uh, caller five eight six six. I'm here. Morning. Come on. Okay, go ahead, caller. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is Jennifer from Ferguson, Missouri. Um, also St. Louis, Missouri. Um, me being a biracial woman, my mom's both uh, white or Caucasian, and uh, father is black, uh, Afri- we ain't African, we ain't been there, but uh, <laughs> anyway, just to jump in, I've been listening since eight, trying to catch up, because something happened, um, anywho, the problem is, and I want to go back to the Caucasian man that um, said, you know, he was pulled over with his black friend back in the day, and from then on, he just, you know, threw his hands out before, you know, the police got to him. I think, from what I've seen and I know, that the only reason why that cop was acting like that is because he had a black person with him, 
Now, going further, uh, whenever he got pulled over and just threw his hands out, was he with a black person then? Did he just, you know, have to do it because he thought police were stupid and just, you know, very disrespectful um, or untrained? I still think that these cops have an agenda. They have an agenda, some of them. Thank God I have not come into anybody lately, personally, if I was pulled over or needed assistance that was off the wall. Um, as far as police. Uh, but then again, we got to go back to the way we were raised. And we want to talk about this new generation. And I want to go with... Um, the man that was before me that was talking about um, they're fearless. They are fearless. Look how they were raised. They had all these games with gunfire and killing and I don't know the games because I never let my daughter um, participate. I never you know, put a game in my house. But um, just like all these movies and the media and We've been fed violence, and these children have been fed violence. In the music, in the movies, they've been fed drugs. Drugs have been promoted. There's an agenda against black people, period, point blank, and there always has been. And I don't want to say we're the superior race, but they know something about us that we don't know and that they have hid from us. Um, I mean, like, doesn't everybody see this? Why Why do you not see this? Uh, it, it just baffles me sometimes. It baffles me sometimes. Let me ask this, because I, I think, uh, let me make sure I'm understanding. So when, when uh, NWA and all those rappers came out with uh, guns and violence, and I'm, uh, this is a question. Are, are you saying that uh, that basically transformed into the lives that are the heads of these uh, kids that we're talking about now, uh, and that made them become more uh, violent or angry? What, 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 kind of NWA was, was my generation. NWA was my generation. And right. uh, F the police and all that. Um, that's because we didn't have cell phones with cameras and nobody was recording it. We had to see it in live action and then talk about it somehow and express some mm-hmm. way. When I want to um, get into um, the music, let's talk, let's talk about how two live crew came in and they had to do the, um, what was it, Born in the USA or something against the USA. And we was all like, oh, yeah, let them have booty pictures and, and chicks. And, you know, that was that was to degrade our women in the future. They let that happen. They wanted that to happen. They wanted our daughters to be whores and strippers and porno. They wanted to break us down and not be queens. They broke down our family structure with Section 8, and the daddy couldn't be there even though y'all was broke together. Even though he worked, you you had five, six kids, you still couldn't afford to live. 
But no, daddy had to go. Like, there are so many aspects of society um, breaking us down, of the 1% breaking us down, and they just want to keep us down, though. And then we just fall for it. But so if, let me if, go let back me to the kids. These kids. Call it. If, uh, if, and I'm just trying to follow it because I want, I want to make sure that people can understand what you're saying. If, if yeah, I'm all that, over the place. Yeah, no, that's no, no, okay. And then we'll go to another caller. If if uh, if the rapper is writing that music, uh, what responsibility uh, did the parent have to give them another side of what they were hearing? That's the breakdown. The breakdown mm-hmm. was from my generation, which was the dope sellers, mm-hmm. to now the new generation are the dope users. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a breakdown. The women, you know, we were treated as bitches and hoes, and it was a breakdown. It was a mental breakdown. Our mm-hmm. men treated us wrong, and it came from the 70s generation, the 80s generation. You know, so they so, uh, let us break down. We all broke uh, down. Generation by generation. So you're and we haven't woke up yet. So you're saying, basically, they would go to another call. I'll let you answer this. Are you saying that, in part, uh, black males uh, contributed to uh, what we're seeing now? Females and males. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stick it on just our culture. From generation okay. to generation, we have been broke down mentally and it okay. was a design to break us down. Okay. Carl, appreciate you calling in from Ferguson. I hope everything is going okay there. I know uh, that several years ago we were dealing with the same thing. We'll bring it back in at yeah, some point. I think yeah, it's there. crazy again. It's crazier this time. But, okay. yeah, everybody stay safe and let's Thank wake up. Let's see the big picture. For- Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, it's about 8.56 p.m. Central Standard Time. You listen to Blog Talk USA on Blog Talk Radio. I believe uh, Mike D. wants to come back in. We'll bring him in after we bring in caller uh, 1172, uh, last four digits. Caller 1172, uh, you may chime in at this point. Caller 1172. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, hear you. Uh, thank you for calling in. Right. I wanted to kind of uh, respond to some of the things that have been said on the call. Um, It's a bit concerning that uh, we are still in this day and time and still with everything that we see, and it's still with the cycles of um, white supremacy and the response to it, that we cannot be real clear about the fact that um, we're not doing anything to bring about the destruction and the death and the mm-hmm. lynching that are happening to us, other than being the progenitors of the entire human race. Mm-hmm. We are the beginning. We were here first. We built the pyramids. We gave the alphabet. We gave. Uh, we invented every single thing that's on this planet. And if there's any um, anyone that wants to do the research about it, um, any book by 
any of the Egyptologists, including Joseph Binyakin and Ivan Van Sertima, Renoko Rashidi, the list goes on and on, about the origins of African people on this planet. And, and I do use the word African lightly because that's not even the original name of the planet. It's so, uh, I'm sorry, of the continent, because it's so old, we don't even know how old that continent is. Correct. So um, the oldest bones that were ever found on the, on the planet belong to our people, Australopithecus humanus. And you can ask Dr. Leakey, who found those in the 1960s, and call those bones Lucy because they were listening to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by the Beatles at the time that they found those bones. They've never found bones older than that, found in uh, at the foothills of the Mountains of the Moon, which is currently known as uh, Kilimanjaro in Kenya. So we could, you know, when we talk, when we lay it down like that, when you put it down like that, and and we really do the real research and we really know who we are, we can uh, easily understand that it just takes us uh, to be. Uh, it just takes us to understand that in order to take our power back away from the grips of white supremacy. What's happening to us right now is just a drop in time. When you look at all of the things that we've done all over the planet, but let's just bring it on back to right now. Let's just go back to the fact that we're not complying with the police. If we would just do what they say, we could take it to a judge. That is hogwash. I'm so sorry, but but I'm not sorry. Because in reality, white person after white person after white person has said that they have done uh, so many different things uh, that would be called out of alignment with uh, the police officers uh, when they get pulled over or when they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Not to say we are, but I'm just saying people are people. Human nature is what it is. But what the issue is and why people are marching and why the young people aren't going to take it anymore and why we all shouldn't be taken anymore, no matter what our race is, is because there is a, a higher number of people of African descent who are being killed, lynched, whatever you want to call it, on the streets of America because um, white supremacy is real. Racism is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just need to be real clear about that. We don't need anybody else coming on any show anywhere in the world saying, especially at this particular time, if you would just. I don't want any, I don't, I, I can't hear that right now. If y'all would just, I don't speak to the fact that we were kidnapped from Africa, that the original police officers were the patty rollers who actually kept enslaved Africans from escaping from the plantation. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the influence of the KKK into our, per, in, into the police departments all over America. Let's deal with that. Let's deal with the fact that truth crushed to the earth will rise again and that when the research is done, we can see that there are, uh, uh, there's a, uh, a code of silence that happens on the police force. And uh, people who are, there are some good cops. It's just these pockets of bad people. Listen, if you don't say something about the, the, the evil that's going on right next to you, you're complicit. You're right exactly. along with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you. I don't need you walking with me. I don't need you kneeling down and praying and going on. And then you're gonna beat my tail on one of my brothers and sisters behind when that video camera turns off. Mm-hmm. Who knows what has happened all over the years when we didn't have these cell phones, when we could not take these pictures, when these videos were not 
a parent. The problem is is that the, the, the educational system does not teach the real truth about who people, any person of color is. Hoffman, Mifflin, and the other folks that write these history books, why do I know? Because I'm in the classroom. I know what I'm talking about. They don't do the research. The earth does not lie. Anthropologists, archaeologists, uh, the carbon dating system, all of that does not lie. But we watch these programs, we let these things be taught to our children, and then people grow up with the with with a wrong assumption. We have what's called mental slavery that's running through our rampant through our communities, not because we're bad people, not because people of African descent in America or in the diaspora are um, you know, inferior to anyone. We were we were enslaved for over six hundred years. They call it's amazing that we, it's amazing that we do the things that we do. It's amazing that we reach the places that we reach. Sorry, I'm going to stop because I, I hear you talking. So uh, no, no. It's amazing the things we've lived under the conditions that we have. Again, very valid uh, points. Uh, and I think that's that's another uh, topic of discussion, exactly where you were at, because it, it has to start at our homes, teaching our kids about what real history is, not just our kids, but everybody. Because I think when you enlighten those who have been in darkness, they have a better opportunity to understand what's going on. Appreciate uh, you calling in. I uh, hope you'll continue to stay alive. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We need to know where she's calling from. We need to get her back on. I mean, we like that. Uh, yeah, she needs to come I, back on and share some more thoughts. Yes, yeah, Simp, I, I, got, I got a little information. Uh, I, I believe it's uh, from the Dallas area. Uh, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but uh, if, if you'll reach out uh, to us, uh, because we do this uh, seven days a week uh, on Blog Talk, uh, you know, USA through Blog Talk Radio. So we, we would love to bring you back on because I, I think there's a lot of uh, tutelage that you have that you can share. Because remember, like you said, we need to know who we are first before we can expect uh, somebody else to know. And I, I venture to say that uh, there are some people in their 40s, 50s, uh, and even 60s uh, who don't know uh, the information that you just threw out there. So we've we got to work on that uh, while we work on all this other stuff. It's just so much stuff coupled together. Well, we got Mike D out there. Mike, we'll bring you in. I, can I just say one more thing? The yeah, reason ahead. I know what I know, you know what I know is because I dared to pick up a book. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody taught me this in the classroom. When I got to college, I realized that I had been lied to the entire time that I was there. And so what I did was pick up a book and I read. And let me just say this. I have taught every single race that is on this planet. I've not only taught here in America, but I've taught overseas. And what I know for sure is that children are children, and that if you, no matter what race they are, they're going to listen to you when you start talking about the true story because children inside of their gut, their intuition, they know that they've been lied to. People are looking and seeking real truth. And I challenge the Caucasian man who had those belief systems to pick up a book, go on Facebook, I, it's a bunch of folks that have been saying, what can white people do? What can white people read? He needs to educate himself so that he does not insult the the, the DNA and the intelligence of the African pe- people of African descent and people of color who are listening right now to dare to tell us at any time that we need to do something different when a white Colin, race is top cool. I got to interject. Uh, Mike D is out there. Uh, we got Ron is messaging me with uh, all these other numbers uh, that want to come Thank in. You so we, much we got 
think about 25 minutes left. We're looking at 9.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Mike D., come on in and uh, expound, and I'm going to bring in caller 9067. Uh, come on in, Mike. Hey, hey, thanks, Brian. I, I wanted to answer a couple of questions um, that I heard earlier from my point. Um, one was asked, you know, what what do I do? You asked the gentleman about what does he do to not be looked at or seen as a threat. Um, what do we do? Honestly, there's nothing we can do. And I'm hear me out when I say this. The entire time that our people were enslaved and kept in bondage and made to do things, we were kept dumb, illiterate, and ignorant to the ways of the world. If you know there were laws out during slave time that if you learn to read or were caught reading, you'd be killed, hanged, mm-hmm. hands cut off, God knows what. Okay, fast forward. The reason why I feel some, not all, in white America are afraid of us is because of the power that they've lost over the black community. If you can control where I live, what I eat, what I drink, such as Flint, for an instance, as an example, I can control you. If I want to buy a car, I have to go to that dealership. If I want my child to go to a better school to get a better education, better education, I almost have to go to because I'm ravaged with low income, no help, no up-to-date books, any of that. There was a documentary that was just out I watched. I can't think of the name of it now. was a, a Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard and a black lady who was a school teacher at the school. It was during times of segregation. They sat down and they put together and showed the inadequacies of the black kids in their books and the white kids in their books. They show how the white kids couldn't learn if the black kids were there. And it wasn't that they couldn't learn. It was that the black kids were so far behind with that education, which made them superior to those black kids. In today's world, all the young black boys and black girls who are coming up are no longer inferior. We now are superior, not just on a football field, basketball court, baseball diamond, soccer field, for instance, soccer, and even NASCAR. We are in every event, sports-wise, in this world today. Not only are we athletes, we're educators. My mother holds a master's degree. My wife holds two master's degrees. We're educated. We have doctors, lawyers, engineers, builders. Drillers, carpenters, construction safety guys. I heard the gentleman speak today. IT. That, to me, in my opinion, is what scares white America. Not because they think that we're going to kill them, but that we're going to take over and take from them. If you think about it a long time ago, all we wanted was our freedom. All we wanted was better to go till our land and make plants. Nowadays, what do we want to do? Half the time, nowadays, this young generation, all they want to do is go to the store and buy some joints. They don't care how much of their money it is. 
They want to go to work, make just enough money to go buy a pair of shoes. My my generation, my crew, we want to buy a house. Simp know me well enough. No, I don't have to have a big house. Don't have to have a fancy car. I buy need a good truck and a good looking horse. Those that know me know that. It has nothing to do with the white counterpart. But when we show that we have more intelligence, it is feared that we will take over. And I also want to correct the gentleman. We are still part lower on the totem pole as a minority in this country. There's still more of other races here than it is us, believe it or not. And when it's time to show their vote, it shows. Because even less of us go out to vote. So what do we do with these educations? Just like the young lady said, we should dare to pick up a book. Just like she spoke about, we were the first, man, I know. I'm a mother school teacher. Been doing it for 42 years. Biology at that. All things lead back to the country and continent of Africa. Another thing we need to stop doing I hate the term African-American because if you truly consider yourself a human being, you were raised here, you're an American. You're not African anything. You're an American citizen. They use that label, people use that label, politically correct. No, I'm a black man in America. As a matter of fact, I'm not even black. Black is just my skin color. We all are one race, people, Mm -hmm. the human race. And until we stop and address that at home, like I teach my kids, I tell my kids all the time, you're not asking anything. My wife can't stand it. They're asking about no, they're American kids. And they have a Native American great-great-grandmother. So they're American. And when we stop putting labels on ourselves, we can change what somebody else labels. Because my grandma used to tell me all the time, it's not what somebody calls you, it's what you answer to. Mm-hmm. If I call you N-I-G-G-A and you answer to it, guess what? That's what you are. Because I tell you, don't call me that. I don't care if you're white or black. Because I ain't your you-know-what. Then we have to start saying, okay, look, what are we going to do to change what goes on in our community? By doing so, we have to do what? First, look in the mirror. We have to look in the mirror. Sit down, start plotting and planning. Killer Mike said it best the other night here in Atlanta. Plotting and planning, organizing. That's what it's going to take. It's not going to change. We're not going to change nobody's opinion of the black community, period. I don't care what nobody says. As long as we still got these folks that's 80-some years old sitting in the White House and they're catering to the resident and all the ideologies of those that go along with it, that's never going to change. It's like telling the devil to get out of the world. He's not. But if you remember, and I don't preach my religion to anyone, God said my people will always be persecuted against. And we're so from the land where God was born, where Jesus was buried, died, and crucified. Okay? What is it that What makes us any better? We should strive to live like him, and we should strive to change the things that we can change. And the one thing that we can change is how we approach everything. Amen. We approach everything with a closed fist and not an open mind. 
we find ourselves tearing down. But if you saw that when we closed the open, and when the protesters opened their hands and got quiet, the tearing down stopped. And there was unity amongst all races of people walking the face of the earth at that point in time. But I guarantee you, it's going to be some more closed fists before this is all said and done. I thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you. Give me the opportunity to speak about it. I was really reluctant to, but I hopefully I've, I've clarified some things. It's just my opinion. I don't care what somebody looks like if you treat me right. And I think the black community all in itself, we've never hated anybody unless given a reason to. And then we still don't hate because my grandmother was a woman of peace. Don't fight. And I'll leave you with this. Canola Moore was beaten within an inch of her life, her and a co-worker, in an elevator at Texas A&M University. She worked for this university for over 30 years. During that time, she carried a 38 stud note pistol inside of her stocking until it wore a blister. She continued to wear it. Several weeks after the attack, her co-worker with her passed because of her injuries. Canola got up every day and went to work. Before she went to work, she also did private home where she would clean up as a maid. She took care of Dr. Will Overbeck's kids, as well as him, who came feeble in age up until the day he died. She never once had an ill will. We are not our grandparents and great-grandparents. I don't have Mike, much I think- peace in my soul. You I thank you. I, I think you did a, a great summation, Mike. Uh, I agree with everything you said, uh, and you qualified it. You clarified it. Uh, even when given a reason to hate, we don't hate because we go out the very next day instead of trying to make friends, instead of trying to do what we were taught to do. So, uh, I, 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 it, again, this this conversation could go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and and, and it's, it's people like yourself, the young lady that came on uh, from Dallas that's a teacher. Uh, and and I, me personally, uh, I've enjoyed everybody's uh, feedback because, remember, uh, w- we can agree to disagree, but everybody's opinion is based on their own experience in life. And we have to learn that even though we may not agree, we don't know why a person thinks the way they think. Because I think people that are calling in tonight, they really want to see change. They may want to see it done in a different way, but they really want to see change. And, and, and when you're writing policy, you've got to be able to bring everybody to the table because everybody's got something uh, to offer. Uh, Mike, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, hope uh, all of us can continue. Uh, to chap it up a little bit, uh, we got another call that's out there. We got plenty of callers, uh, but I'm on, I'm on, we're looking at about 9:17 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to bring in caller 9067. Caller 9067. Uh, we're going to bring you in, then we're going to uh, close this thing out. 9067. Yeah, how you doing? I, I I called before, and several people had commented, and I I just wanted to call back and clarify some of the things that I was saying. Um, One, first of all, Mike, I agree with Mike 100%. Everything that he just said, I agree with 100%. He's absolutely right. My point 
before, first of all, and I agree with Aaron, by the way, when I say push these people aside, these bigots aside, these people who don't want, I'm saying don't, there's no reason to engage in a conversation. You need to take control of yourself and push where you're going, because there are people who are behind you of all races and colors. It doesn't make any difference. And they'll stand behind you because it's right. Okay. We don't need to get into a thing because the, the, the only thing that's going to come from uh, anything else is violence. And that's exactly what a racist wants. They want the violence. Believe me, the lady who was on here talking about African-American history and uh, black American history and pride, I'll I'll take from Mike's example there. Um, uh, The the, the racists love that because they can use that against, you know, and, and to make their arguments against. Okay. It, 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 that's the thing is you need to stand up and you need to push these people aside. You need to take over. You need to get elected. You need to, to, to get out there and make people know, you know, what you're standing for and what's going on and to make sure that what you're dealing with is a form of racism. Don't automatically assume that it can be, and it, it very well could be in a lot of cases, but sometimes it's not. So let's not immediately assume that it's got something to do with our races because, uh, you know, I was talking about myself and my black friend who got pulled over in the car, and the lady said, well, maybe they were worried about the black guy. He was up against the car. I was the one who was giving the cop the problem, and the cop was ready to pull the gun on me. Okay? So, I mean, let's not always assume uh, that that it that it's that, that it's the race and and I'm not saying that when you uh, when you uh, appease the police officer that that's the answer to every question. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's be smart in what we all do because sometimes mm-hmm. we're dealing with stupid people. I mean, let's face it. That's it. But there are people. I've been around since Malcolm X and, and Dr. King. Okay, and I supported all of that, and I continue to sort of support it. But I've seen a lot of things in my life. Okay, and mm-hmm. I can tell you that trying to fight these these racists on their terms is not a smart thing to do. Okay, you need to go and stand up and run for election and get into power. And where Aaron was talking about, you know, get in there. You know, you you can't just push them aside. We need to be in control. Get control. Run for the election. Get the control. I'll vote for you. I voted for the mayor uh, in my in my community. He was a black American the last time out. I will vote for you if you're there and you're standing for something. And many people will vote for you. But that's where we need to come from as a community, as a people. Because it's it, it's not about black or white, man. It's it's about people, and you're always going to have somebody. And it's always been the case that there's always been a group of people all the way since the beginning of uh, of the heritage of us that want to take control. You saw white, uh, you saw English people do it over the Irish. You see uh, um, uh, people do it over the American Indian, the Chinese, you know, Afro, uh, the the black American. You, you you see it, and you see it, and you see it, and you see it because these people are afraid and they're afraid that that you're going to take something away from them and you're not going to take something away from them you're just bringing something more to the table and you just need to say you need you need to say to them fuck you excuse my language okay (laughs) and you need to say i'm going i'm going to do this that's what you need to say. Forget about, oh, I'm a victim, and this person is doing this to me because. Forget what that. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this, and push them aside. This is what I was saying, Aaron. 
before. Okay, I agree with them 100%. This is what I was saying. Stand up and do your thing and don't worry about what they're doing because they ain't going to change. They ain't going to change. They're going to try to use everything that you have uh, against you. So go and become powerful in your own way so that they can't do it. That's uh, that's all I'm saying, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that information. I think uh, I, for myself, understand uh, exactly what you're saying. Uh, thank you for the input, Ron. If we can get you, uh, I don't know if we can. Uh, I know uh, the intro uh, is probably not going to be there, but uh, if you can mute all the lines, Ron, uh, and let's kind of close this out. I wish we had some Sam Cook to play. Uh, change is going to come. Uh, I, I don't know if we're able to get that uh, uh, tonight. But uh, I believe not, that uh, not you know, tonight, Byron. But, but I'll make sure okay. I have it next week. Go, go that, ahead. That's man. fine. Uh, Simp is out there. Uh, I, I know he's been uh, kind of quiet. Uh, let, let me let me just qu- clarify a little. Okay, people must understand that I'm in Louisiana. Ron is in uh, Texas. Uh, Simp is on the other side of Texas. Uh, Mike is in Atlanta, and all these other callers. Uh, I don't see Ron, and Ron don't see me. So when he's messaging me. Uh, I'm trying to get as many of these callers on, and uh, I've been elected long enough to know that sometimes you got to let a person make their point. You don't just cut them off because uh, uh, me personally, uh, my thing is to try to listen to as much as possible because, remember, everybody's experience is different. Uh, because somebody uh, that's coming on here from Jamaica is talking, it doesn't mean that I can't sit here and listen because at some point they're going to say something that we're going to all agree on because we're looking for some middle of the road or some common ground. This what I'm doing, this what we're doing is very difficult. But I think uh, if people look at it for, at face value, at least we have enough courage to come on and talk. At least we have enough courage to let a variation of opinions come on. If you call Tom Jonah, if you call Michael Bazin, if you call any of these other places, CNN, Fox News, whatever, you may not even get acknowledged. What we try to do is, is acknowledge as many people as possible. If you go back and listen to the archive, you'll hear me say, are there any callers out there? you hear Ron telling me, glass, there are some callers out there. So we try to do as best we can. Uh, I venture to ask anybody, if they disagree with how this is being conducted, I'll ask them to come on and do the same thing we're doing. And then you'll be able to see, never criticize somebody else's walk until you've had the walk that they've had before. So, uh, again, I just want to make sure I can clarify because, Ron, uh, remember, none of us are perfect. And none of us are trying to be perfect. Absolutely. We're trying to perfect what we're doing. And uh, you have a lot of things going on in your background right now. And you're still trying to monitor. You're operating a switchboard. You're operating a switchboard that's got 250 lines wide open. Okay, you're trying to monitor when somebody pressed one to raise their hand. You're trying to give them the opportunity to come in and talk. So at, at the end of the day, when the smoke cleaner does settle, I think that we've made a difference. Why? Because we've had a conversation that the president of the United States won't have, some of the elected officials won't have, and a gentleman told you the same thing, Run, we've said for years. Get out there and run for office. Stop complaining. Get involved. Go to the meetings. Learn Absolutely. your books. Learn your education. The gentle lady said she didn't learn this in school. She learned it herself. She picked it up herself. A lot of us, we didn't want to hear history in school. So what I did, I did the same thing she did. I got up and picked up a book myself and started learning, started asking my mom, started listening to all this tough stuff. You know what? I didn't like it. 
I didn't like it, but I began to realize that whether I liked it or not, it was a part of who I was. It got me to where I'm at. So I'm willing to extend the olive branch to anybody, no matter who they are or where they come from. If I can help, I'm going to help. I advise anybody else, don't criticize everybody because of what one person is doing. That goes for all races. Because at the end of the day, if we're serving a God, then I do believe that some people serve idol God. But at the end of the day, if we're serving a God, Jesus Christ come from, I think we can move the ball a little bit further. Ron, I know you're in the background. we got about four minutes. I, yes. I at least want to give you the opportunity to say something before we close it out. So, Ron, I'm going to bring you in. Once again, thank you for allowing us to use the platform of Blog Talk USA on Blog Talk Radio. Go ahead, Ron. I just want to say, you know, as I sit back and I listen tonight, I had to listen because I had to entertain my grandson. And most of all, I want to see him grow up in America and and realize that these are United States and that they're not separated one on top of each other, that that they're not apart, and that people still have the ability to speak and, and disagree at the same time to agree and disagree at the same time. I want to say that. You know, words are not going to change this country. We're going to have to come up with a solution that will change this country. And I I think as we look at America and we look at the protests that's going on out there, I think that we see we see what the results are. And and I, I know I'm gonna step on some toes, but I gotta say it anyway. Singing Kumbaya and holding hands may have worked at that time, as Glass said. But the, evidently, it's, it's not taking effect to too many people. I don't condone the violence. I don't condone the, the damaging to personal property. But I will tell you this. If, if those few that did that wouldn't have did what they did, we probably would be talking tonight about the situation that's going on. And even though we, we, we talk about the young man that got killed, you know, there's been two more murders since then. And we made such a big deal of this one. There's been two more murders of police killing people since then. If you don't believe me, go out and do your research. One was just a black man standing in front of his own business or next door to the next business. He got shot. So, Glass, Mm -hmm. I want to leave some time for Simp. And next time I'll try to be more engaging. You know my situation, so. Okay. I'll try and, and to engage again, a little bit more. Again, we, we understand that because we know that you put in eight or ten hours at your work job today. Uh, once again, uh, this right here is extra. You don't have to do it. Uh, this is uh, strictly created by you, this format. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I know Sepp is out there. I don't, I don't know if he's got anything to say. we got about two minutes, Sepp, if you want to come on in. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save me and your post for today. You can march if you must, protest if that's your desire. Boycott off your field there. However, the new weapon is that voter registration card. That's the new weapon. Amen. If you don't vote, and, and, you and ain't doing nothing. And, and so I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that all of those people that are out there uh, in the pandemic that are jeopardizing their lives understand that mm. you can do all that you're doing right now. But if you don't somehow cast that vote, which you think that all these forefathers that came before you lost their lives so you can have it, if you don't go out and vote, if you get what you got right now, it's your own fault. I encourage everybody to get involved, to start going to meetings, 
to start to become an activist, and because you're an activist does not mean that you have to be violent. You can sit down at the table. You can create policy. You can enact policy. You can add things to the policy that benefits a certain sector because at the end of the day, a policy should be reflective of a community, and the community is right now a very a variation of different individuals run. I'm hoping uh, that the lady that was on from Dallas, I hope she'll reach out either to me uh, simp you uh, because I would love to bring her back on and talk about what's going on in the classroom, what we can do to make sure that even if our kids are not educated in the school, that we can get them educated outside the school. I uh, had a lady who wanted to know uh, what what could they do uh, to start up a scholarship. I can't read all these messages because, I mean, I, I get so clogged up in, uh, you know, stuff being sent to me from uh, my cell phone, uh, my instant messenger, uh, and on Facebook as well. But I appreciate everybody, Ron. I know uh, we, we probably got about 30 seconds left. Uh, once again, you've been listening to uh, Blog Talk USA on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, thank everybody for calling in and participating. Uh, we'll be right back here uh, next Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, doing the same thing. Ron, I'll let you close it out. You already did a good job with that, Byron, so I'm just going to close it out right now. <laughs> thank you Okay, y'all. thank you, everybody. Invite back. somebody. Invite somebody. I, I, I challenge each one of y'all to invite somebody. Thank you, Ron. Good night, everybody. <laughs>